You have one new message. from St. Louis, Missouri, and when I'm not busy surfing through multiverses, getting lost in the Bermuda Triangle, or hunting Bigfoot, I'm listening to That Would Be Rad, my new favorite podcast. everybody, welcome back to another episode of That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Benz. This is going to be a special welcome because this episode marks the very first in a short series in the first, that's a lot of firsts, man. <laughs> God. You're on a roll. You're on a roll, man. You sound okay. great today. Man, just like crisp. I know that I always say that I'm super excited about whatever the episode is, but there's a couple reasons why I'm excited about today's episode. Number one, today, as you're listening to this, this marks the beginning of the first annual, that would be rad, October Spooktacular. Yes. So that you know what to expect in the next several weeks, we are basically just dedicating the entire month, every single episode that comes out in October, oh, yeah. to how much we love Halloween and spooky. And because we love Halloween so much, we love all that nostalgia. Growing up, you know, the cold, crisp air, the leaves falling. And we thought if you guys are anything like us, which is basically the reason we started the podcast, then you will enjoy it too. Yeah, we want you to be spooked. We want to, you know, share some scary stories and even finally get to telling our own scary experiences that we've had personally in our own lives. Um, just like Tyler said, you know, the leaves are falling. There might be a man outside your window with a clown Definitely. mask on. You know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, we're going to we're going to share those stories here and we're super excited because this is the I mean, it's just the best time of year. Absolutely. Okay, so that's the first reason why I'm excited about today's show. The Mm -hmm. second one is, since we decided to have a podcast, this is the legend or story or whatever that I have wanted to do so bad. Ever since I heard this story Mm -hmm. and kind of dug into it, I was fascinated, terrified, and really wanted to turn this into... Tales from the Time Capsule. Yeah, man. I think that this story is, um, you know, I've been listening to Paranormal Podcast and been so into like urban legends and, you know, UFO accounts and Bigfoot and, you know, all these super weird stuff. Read all the books, all that stuff. And this is a story that has eluded mm. my grasp. And I I could not believe it whenever I heard it. Um it's great, it's weird, it's spooky, and I think it's a perfect way to kick off our 
October Spooktacular. Absolutely. So I don't want to waste another second. Let's go to a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to hear the story of Sam the Sandown Ghost Clown. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R2-D2 beep like this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Let's begin now. One afternoon in May of 1973, a young girl and her friend decided to go explore a local golf course in their small town called Sandown, which was located just off the southeastern coast of the Isle of Wight. As they laughed and played and no doubt enjoyed the weather that day, they both began to hear a weird wailing noise in the distance. A noise they would later describe as being somewhat like an ambulance siren. Deciding to move closer to the sound to find out what it was, or at least where it was coming from, they followed it across the golf links and through a hedge leading to a swampy meadow adjacent to a little used local airport, the Sandown Airport. The noise stopped. As they began to cross a wooden footbridge over a small, narrow brook, a blue-gloved hand appeared from underneath the bridge, and a strange figure emerged. The figure fumbled with a book in its hands and then dropped it into the water, and then, almost in a panic, splashed around to retrieve it. The two children then watched the figure enter a metallic hut, similar to those used on building sites, except that it had no windows. It moved along with a strange, almost artificial hopping motion with its knees raised high. The children, thinking nothing of it really, began to wander off and were about 50 yards away when the figure reappeared carrying a black knobbed microphone with a white flexible cord attached. 
the wailing noise immediately returned. This time being so loud that the young boy was scared and began to run away. The noise stopped, and the figure spoke into the microphone. Hello? Are you still there? He asked. And although pretty far off from the children, they could hear his voice as clearly as though he were right next to them. And in response to what they considered to be a friendly tone, they walked closer so that they could speak to the oddly attired person or creature. He was nearly seven feet tall and had no neck, and his head appeared to be wedged straight onto his shoulders. He wore a yellow, pointed hat, which interlocked with the red collar of a green tunic. A round, black knob was affixed to the top of his hat, and wooden antennae were attached to either side. The face had triangular markings for eyes, a brown square of a nose, and motionless yellow lips. Other round markings were on his paper-white cheeks, and a fringe of red hair fell onto his forehead. Wooden slats protruded from his sleeves and from below his white trousers. His first communication was in writing. He wrote in a notebook, and in large handwriting, he wrote, Hello, I am all colors, Sam. The young boy was pretty hesitant, but Faye read each word as it was pointed to. I am all colors, Sam. This was necessary as the words were not laid out in a conventional sequence. The children ventured closer and discovered that the creature could talk without the aid of the microphone, though his lips did not move and speech was unclear, rather like that of a person who does not open his mouth properly. He asked the children about themselves, so they ventured to ask questions too. They asked about his clothes, which were all ripped and shredded. Why are your clothes so torn? Then he told them he only had this one pair, so he could only wear these. Because of his strange white features, they asked, Are you really a man? <laughs> no. They also asked, Well then, are you a ghost? In which he answered vaguely, Well, not really, but I am, in an odd sort of way. Well, what exactly are you then? They continued, but only obtained the answer, You know. With no further explanation. He said that there were others like him, but he also confided that he was frightened of people and scared that they might hurt him. Apparently, if attacked, he would not fight back. At his invitation, the children crawled through a flap in his hut, which contained two levels. The lower level had plenty of headroom and was wallpapered in blue-green and covered with pattern of dials. It also had an electric heater and simple wooden furniture. He told the children that he fed upon berries, which he collected in the late afternoon. This is what I eat. They are safe. He didn't say where, but did indicate that he had a camp on the mainland he could go to. He also said that the water from the river could be drunk once he had cleaned it. Once inside the hut, he removed his hat to reveal round, white ears and sparse brown hair. 
Before eating a berry, he performed an odd conjuring trick. Here, let me show you. He placed the berry in his ear and thrust his head forward and caused the berry to disappear and reappear at one of his eyes. Repeating the process, the berry traveled to his mouth. The children talked to the strange being for a half hour or slightly more. And then, after saying their goodbyes, the children rushed across the golf course to tell the first man they could find that they had just seen what they thought was a ghost. Who was this creature, this Sam? Perhaps an alien from another planet? Or a creature from another dimension? Was he a ghost? Or was he a man playing an elaborate prank on two youngsters dressed as a strange robotic clown? Or was he just the creation of a young girl's overactive imagination? Since that day in 1973, there have been no more reports of any sightings of Sam the Sandown ghost clown. Perhaps one day you'll be walking along and you'll hear... Hello? Are you still there? Dude, can we just say for just a quick second that I think anybody listening to this can agree that this story checks a lot of boxes in terms oh, yeah. of spookiness. The first being that it has something in it that I think a lot of folks are scared of, and that is a clown. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, is it a robot clown, an alien, a time traveler? I mean, I mean, what do you think, man? Dude, I don't know. I mean, this, again, this is like one of those stories that has like eluded me my whole life until now. And I mean, it is one of those just really bizarre. And I think, you know, for those interested in this topic, there's a term we like to use called high strangeness. And that means sort of anything that's just sort of beyond the normal, paranormal, weird stuff. And and usually the term is um, sort of used for things that are even more weird than UFOs, Bigfoots. I mean, it's the weird sort of furry hands that appear in the middle of the air or just, you know, a castle appearing in the sky, like all these just really bizarre sort of events. And I think this is the perfect example of high strangeness. Can we change the term to rad strangeness? Ooh, I like it. I think there's a couple things to note here. Uh, Number one, I think it would be potentially easy for people to say, hey, you know what? This is a little kid that accidentally you know, went to their neighbor's house and watched uh, that movie It by Stephen mm-hmm. King. But mm-hmm. you know what? Um, a couple of things. That movie wasn't out yet. This nope. happened in like 1973. 1973. So Stephen King's It, the book, the novel, didn't come out until September of 1986. So this is, mm. you know, 13 years prior, um, you know, for anybody that's super skeptical about this kid's story. Now, trust me, literally my youngest just makes up just her imagination is ridiculous. And she just makes up stuff all the time. Like 
really awesome time when we were uh, at her school and she decided to tell, you know, one of the folks that works there. Yeah. You know, my, we had a, you know, my grandma was in jail. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, God. You know? That's so so that was fun to explain. Uh, I mean, we are in the South, so it's sort of, you know, it's believable. Yeah. Um, so anyways, you know, kids have crazy imaginations. I was the same way. I mean, I didn't oh, just me make too. up stories about having to pick up my grandma from jail or anything, but mm-hmm. I think it's very easy for that just to be the first, oh, all it is is some kid, you know, telling an, a, a story to her dad. What fascinated me about it, the man, was how her dad actually had some paranormal experiences several years prior, and he yeah. never told her about that, right? Mm-hmm. And so this this article that, that was in the volume of the British UFO Research Association's mm-hmm. journal, uh, volume six, number five, January, February edition, 1978. So this is five years after the event, uh, mm-hmm. you know, allegedly happened, mm-hmm. and they reported it to this uh, journal. So that's what the Bufora or Bu, Bu, you know, however you want to pronounce it, that's what it stands for. Okay, British mm-hmm. UFO and then RA, you know, Research Association. They actually have a website. It's uh, you know bufora dot org dot uk, and they have mm. some really cool stuff. You can look up old volumes of their journal and uh, some really cool resources about recent sightings of ufos and you know all about that and it's so they're, they're still going oh yeah they're still going strong man oh, and cool. what's cool uh that i really liked about kind of exploring their page was they have like a little explanation about the organization it says bufora is not, is a non-cultist and scientifically evaluative organization since its formation in 1962, when a number mm. of UFO research organizations and individuals formed with an inaugural meeting at Kensington, London. Mm. These included societies such as the British Flying Saucer Bureau and London UFO Research Organization. Side note real quick. Man, I would wear a t-shirt that said oh, either of those. Two. I mean, dude, awesome. how cool does British Flying Saucer Bureau sound? Yeah. The journal was produced, again, from 1962 under various titles, um, but was really the mainstay of contact for members until the website took over exclusively in 2005. Mm. It does say here, a magazine format may return in the future. So if anybody from this organization is listening by chance to this podcast, please decide to do that and make a printed version of this, I would be a subscriber. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me, when I saw that it was basically Bufora, I guess, you know, it just seemed like sort of the the British version of MUFON, which, again, if you're into this stuff, MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network, and it's sort of the American version of that, um, which started out in 1969. What year did you say that uh, Bufora started? Uh, nineteen. It looks like 1962. Oh, so it was it was before MUFON. Wow, that's cool. So this article kind of tells the story um, about how the dad, we'll call him Mr. Y, mm-hmm. had two unique encounters. Mm-hmm. It is it's almost equally as terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember. It's like one of them but... is like he he pulls over, dude. They're like essentially, man, like red. He describes them as like red eyes looking up through the sea. But basically, to me, what he's describing is like the red lights of some sort of underwater fucking craft. Yeah, it's important. A couple things about like sort of the scenery and the background of the story. So all of this occurred on the Isle of Wight. Sandown is a 
coastal town that's located on the southeast sort of coast of mm-hmm. the Isle of Wight. And it's uh, it's actually got some pretty cool history, man. It was the only reason it was even, because it was a really small town, the only reason it was really even on a map, apparently, was because because the way the beaches are laid out, there was such easy access for like invaders and stuff to come that it became sort of a military outpost. Mm. The French attack there, there was a big castle that, you know, um, was attacked and all this kind of stuff. But essentially it ended up becoming more of a seaside like resort town. Well, and also uh, it is home to the Isle of Wight Festival, which yeah. Huge I definitely music did not festival. Yeah, huge. I didn't do the research, so I don't know what year that would have been, but it's been known for years and years to be kind of a legendary status. Yeah, uh, the who's who of rock and roll basically yeah. going there and, and performing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So London is on the south of England, right? The southeast kind of corner. Mm-hmm. And if you were to mm-hmm. basically take the M3, I don't know if that's the way that you would do it, but you take the M3 out of London going southwest and you keep on going and then boom, almost directly south of Portsmouth or Southampton is where the Isle of Wight is. And then on that tiny little island is where this occurs in Sandown. Let's get into Sam, the Sandown ghost, all color Sam clown. Uh, Just his appearance. I mean, I mean, it's just so bizarre, dude. I mean, he's basically mm-hmm. almost seven feet tall. He's kind of like a clown. He's got these this weird straggly hair, but it's not actually his hair that's red, almost like a you know Raggedy Ann or Raggedy Andy doll. Um, you know, he's got triangle eyes, these weird like little clown, um, you know, like rosy cheeks kind of thing. Um, three fingers, blue like three fingered sort of silly clown gloves i guess man just just super weird it's funny because if i was making up a scary mm-hmm. mysterious creature that wasn't like an animal uh this is pretty close to what i would just envision you know i mean even just just like you said man even like the blue gloved hand and and the way that these kids kind of come across that yeah. man almost like a like a you know a, a troll it's mm-hmm. like they're going across this little wooden bridge and you know all of a sudden this blue glove hand yeah. appears from under the bridge and it's just interesting because when you read the story it's like the account doesn't mention you know the kids just being immediately afraid right their their curiosity kind of trumps that and you know i I try to think like oh yeah i was kind of like that as a kid but i don't i don't remember i mean i i think i I know my kids aren't they don't have that kind of curiosity they you know if that happened to my son right now and he's about he's about a year older than than this little girl was he would be terrified man he'd run like hell (laughs) you know yeah like there's no way he's like i wonder what's going on um but i think they lived in a different time, you know, mm-hmm. early seventies. They didn't have as much access even as we did when we were kids to just so much like sort of scary stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Well, um, and, and also, you know, in 73, I mean, it was, it was before, you know, Stephen King wrote it by, you know, almost 15 years, I guess. So, you know, that was before Stephen King single-handedly destroyed clowns for, every, for <laughs> yeah, everyone. Being, being a happy clown that yeah. whole um and so you know i i think like back then uh 
And again, I didn't do the research, but I'm sure like Bozo the Clown was yeah, probably was pretty big back then. Mm-hmm. I um, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. I'm sure there was like, t- you know, I mean, clowns in general and TV shows with clowns yeah. and stuff were happening, but they weren't like terrifying. No, or... no, no. They were like really funny and like everybody loved clowns and totally different, which is why I think kind of makes you wonder too, if, if Stephen King had read this, you know, cause I mean, he's, he's a big nerd too. So, I mean, yeah. he used to say that he wouldn't have been into MUFON and Bufora and like ran across the story and because it's, especially akin to it in the sense of, you know, with Pennywise mm-hmm. with the way that they run across it. I mean, they hear especially this weird the first time, right? Yeah. Cause yeah, like exactly. in, in the book, you know, it's like the part of the reason why it takes the form of a clown is because it is for a kid. They're going to mm-hmm. trust a clown. The, the clown has a balloon. He's got, Hey, come down here. You know, there's cotton candy. If you, if you've ever read the book, it, I actually, obviously like most books versus the movie there's a lot more to it just in that very first scene when when georgie sees it in the sewer uh in the book it talks about how georgie can like smell the 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 smells of like you know the um the circus he can smell the popcorn popping he can smell like the hay that's on the ground he can all the little details and you know it's funny man i haven't read that book in it at the very least i mean very least 25 years you know mm, yeah. um but i still remember that vivid image that so you, you would have been King. 30 when you read that <laughs> <laughs> okay man enough with the old jokes um but dude it's funny too that they that he was kind of clownish to them because one of the first things that they talked about happening was you know besides them seeing that blue hand is that he was kind of like fumbling around with the book and then it's yeah. splashing the water and he's like uh, uh. it's almost like that that like buster keaton or like charlie chaplin like whoa yeah I'm, yeah i'm crazy yeah like like, ha, ha, like easy slapstick stuff right. that clowns do yeah that kind of humor that clowns do like up oh, i slipped on a thing you know or mm-hmm. whatever and for the record i've never really been afraid of clowns i just never really liked them it's hard for me to trust anybody in like makeup yeah, or like, especially an adult. Yeah, man, especially an adult. And you're like a little kid. And then like the one that I hated the most came to my cousin's birthday party when I was like, I don't know, man, Ooh. six or seven. It was the hobo clown. You know what oh, I'm talking yeah. about? Even with even like the fake weird. five o'clock shadow. And, yeah. and then like, I remember like he did this thing where he's like, oh, and he like pulls out this like, you know, cartoonish, like gigantic, like underwear or something and it's got like a tire track on it. he's like oh man this one's got skid marks and all the kids are like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and just from that day on man i was just like you know i hate I'm clowns they're over just them. stupid so it seems like it's doing that type of humor like maybe this will lure them in or let their guard down so that i can talk to them and then on the other hand it kind of seems like you know if i if i built a robot today mm-hmm. uh you know, it reminds me of those videos that are on like YouTube and stuff of like the robot dog and how like awkward or like the robots, like the standing like, robots that are like holding the box and the guy's like messing with it. And it's like, oh, like, yeah. Ugh. And it's how like all the movements, yeah, the movements are kind of like awkward and weird and like mm-hmm. it makes it hilarious. You know, like have you ever seen the videos where like the robot tries to kick the soccer ball and completely misses and then like it just falls backwards? I mean, it's just the funniest thing ever. I kind of imagine that maybe it was like holding up this book or whatever to try to communicate. Cause I think that might be the one that it uses later to like write down. Yeah. That's saying. And, and that's another weird thing. It's like, why would he have a, a book? 
You know, it's like mm-hmm. if he's if he's this advanced, like, well, I'm not going to get too far into that because I, I have a whole theory on like what I think it is. But yeah, I, I think I think it is interesting that like, I mean, to me, you know, first they heard a siren. So they followed the sound kind of like song of the siren. It's like luring somebody. So the kids run over to it and then out from under the bridge, all they see is this blue gloved three-fingered clown hand Good god it's like whoa and you know drops the book and and obviously to a seven-year-old and how old was the little boy i, I don't remember i think it he was um, younger yeah or, or like around the same age i think but but like it intrigued them enough you know to go around and i mean just look at this weird entity that's hiding under a bridge dressed like a a clown robot you know, whatever. Even when I think about a seven-year-old kind of describing something to me mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the best of their ability, it's kind of like, and we talked about this, not on the podcast, but just in, in our conversations, you know, ancient encounters with like aliens and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the reports. It's like they're doing the best they can to describe what they right. just saw or experienced based on whatever their life experience is, right? And so I somebody mean, looking at a jet right now... Mm-hmm would describe that jet a lot differently than someone in like Mesopotamia. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, don't even get me started on that. I, I think, you know, even in like revelation in the Bible, I think they're talking about these giant, you know, wasps, you know, that are in coming from the skies. And it's like, are they talking about helicopters? Are they talking about, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting to look back through, you know, sort of a modern filter at, at what this thing is. I mean, the thing that's, you know, it's it's weird because it's really sort of like primitive in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it says it's like head is a perfect sphere. Uh, it's skin, paper white. Face seems to have been crudely painted onto the sur- surface of its head. Two blue triangles, which represent eyes, while a flat brown triangle served for a nose. And its mouth had thin yellow lips shaped like an oval, which did not move at all when it spoke or ate. Its hair hung down beneath its hat in sparse frizzled reddish brown strands and two wooden antenna stuck out from the sides of its head while more mm-hmm. wooden slat like antenna extended from its wrist and ankles. I mean, what is, what is this? It talks about how it like moved along with like a strange hopping motion with the, with the knees raised high. Right. So like I said, it's like equal parts terrifying and hilarious, you know, mm-hmm. like if I knew that it wasn't something that was going to hurt me watching it, like fumble around and like try to, walk with its knees raised super high is just a funny image one thing that i thought of when i heard that is bear with me here go with me um i mean what if gravity didn't affect it the same way Mm -hmm. as it does us you know and i didn't even think about that dude yeah so is it doing this weird like hop Mm because i think it even says like it like a slow hop so (laughs) you know for kids looking at it it's like oh he's just walking funny with his knees high but maybe gravity doesn't you know he doesn't respond to gravity the same way yeah, maybe like whoever designed uh, designed the robot, you know, miscalculated the uh, the gravity, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, pull, the gravitational pull and stuff, and the whole way that it communicated in general was kind of interesting. So you know, after all that happened, the kids kind of are like, hmm, "That's kind of weird," because it you know it fumbles with the book, it goes into this like metal shed. The kids are like, "Okay, well, uh, let's get you know." whatever let's just go about our business skip to skip to malu or whatever Mm -hmm. and they're kind of walking around exploring this golf course and then that's when it starts it turns that same siren back on 
it says that the wailing noise was so loud that time that the kid, the boy was scared. In fact, throughout this entire experience, he's kind of the most skittish. He's the one that's oh, yeah. the most sort of like, I don't know about this. Um, and the girl is a little less like that. Yeah. Um, Faye is like, definitely gets all the points in this. Mm-hmm. She's the, the, the brave one for sure. Yeah. And I mean, again, I couldn't help but kind of laugh at when it says like the wailing noise immediately returned, this time being so loud that the boy was scared and began to run away. <laughs> the noise ceased and he spoke in, <laughs> Sam spoke into the microphone. So they're like about 50 yards from where this is going on. Mm-hmm. The siren's so loud. I mean, just imagine like witnessing this where this kid is like with his friend that's a girl. The siren just goes on. It's so loud. He just just makes a break for it, dude. <laughs> and but then they could hear almost like through a you know a microphone, like an amp or a speaker. Or a PA. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And this man, this creeped me out, dude. And I don't know about you listeners, but hopefully it creeped. If I if I did my job right, it creeped you out. Well, all of a sudden they hear, "Hello, are you still there?" Yeah. I so mean, weird. my gosh, dude. And that's another thing. Like, it clearly could have seen them. So. Well, maybe so why it had would like a limited, maybe it had like limited sight. In other words, maybe maybe that's why it was fumbling with the book. You know, maybe its vision wasn't oh, tip top. Yeah. You know, and so mm-hmm. it's maybe it's really only seeing like the outlines of figures and stuff like that. So fifty yards away, maybe it's just like, oh man, wait, where did they go? You know, whenever mm-hmm. it reemerges. Um, also, the fact that it talks about it being like seven feet tall. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, okay, terrifying again. Well, yes, that description is terrifying. But again, put yourself into like a seven-year-old's perspective of of the world. I don't know about you, but if you go back and visit the house that you grew up in or, or see, you know, a place that you just thought was gigantic as a kid, you go back and you're like, golly, man, this, you know, this is a tiny little place or, or whatever. You know, you go back and visit your old elementary school. Maybe it just appeared to be seven feet tall to these kids. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, maybe their parents are close to six feet, and they could be like, no, you know, it was taller than you. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where that came from. But just like this tall being, just the way, again, you just, like the the way that the head was and and wooden pieces and metal pieces. Well, then then it had like a pointed hat with a black wooden knob and an antenna, but then... This is terrifying. Uh, it was later removed by the being to show its white and apparently balding scalp. Scalp. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> sc- scalp. His white and balding scalp. <laughs> is British. I mean, that's just, that's so scary. So if this thing was, if it was wearing a mask, which, mm-hmm. see, that's another thing. That's weird because it took the hat off, this pointy hat, and then it would have left the mask on or that was its face which is so weird yeah man and and then like again going back to okay so right so so far we've got this thing communicates in a couple different ways one it has this like microphone attachment thing i kind of you know envisioned like a microphone with one of those curly um yeah cords plugged into like a speak and spill or something yeah right pete townsend which those cords are i always thought they were so cool and like I think plugged it's plugged into, into like an amplifier. Yeah, something like that. But I, for whatever reason, when I first read this, I like envisioned like the equivalent of like a speak and spell type box looking thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the picture shows, I mean, it, it you know, it almost looks like um, like it's plugged into like a guitar pedal, which yeah. is just like a little metal box with knobs. And so what I think, I think that it basically has a microphone of some kind 
has a cord running down. And then I think what the, the quote unquote siren is, is I think that's just like feedback. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, which is even weird. I can't figure it out. It's like, I don't know how far away. I... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, you know, it being an intentional sort of wailing sound is so much more terrifying to think about. Oh yeah. Well, okay, so he communicated that way, and then he also had this notebook where he wrote in these large letters, Hello, and I am all colors Sam. Yeah, no. Terrifying. I am all colors Sam. I don't know why, but that is the scariest part to me. Well, and what's also scary about it is, so those words weren't written in that order. They were just like giant words placed in random order and then the and then he would like point at them and Faye would read them aloud Mm. i mean okay let's just stick on that for just a second hello i am all colors sam Jeez. well i'm kind of curious to know like what was your first sort of when you heard that for the first time like what's your initial thought um well you know as someone who's sort of indoctrinated with paranormal theories and stuff. I mean, I sort of venture into it being something else, but if we're looking at it as like purely like an earth normal thing, I'm almost wondering if, you know, if if he was going along with this, um, sort of this clown motif or, or, you know, or to pull off the look of a clown, it's, it's almost like he's, again, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's almost like whatever, Whatever he's doing, he's trying to pull off the look and the vibe of a clown. So I think by all colors, I think he's trying to say that, like, I'm colorful. Because, you know, he's wearing this, like, red and green sort of, like, tunic kind of thing. I mean, he's definitely trying to look like, I think, what we think a clown would look like. Mm -hmm. I mean, so my initial thought was um, if he is a being from another time... Or yep. another now place, then, I mean, if you think about it in terms of, like, human genetics, right? Like, in comparison to, let's say, I don't know, 400 years ago, mm-hmm. okay? The diversity between human beings genetically 400 years ago was a lot more. In other words, there's a lot more of a difference between us as human beings, you know, with regard to like our genetic right. makeup. Fast forward like 400 years n- to now, and it's like we're a lot more genetically similar than we are different now right. in right. terms of our genetic material. But a quick disclaimer, this is an oversimplification, and we're not even talking about things such as like all of the different genetic mutations um, from 400 years ago to now that have occurred right. Right. within the human race. Uh, and... Another little disclaimer, I actually got a D in genetics while mm-hmm. I was pursuing my degree in biology, which I do have a bachelor's in biology, but uh, my brother, who's a PhD, probably mm-hmm. is listening to this right now and thinking, boy, this guy really should have studied <laughs> yeah. harder. Now, imagine fast-forwarding another 400 years, right? And so, I don't know, for some reason, that's just the first thing that hit me. It was like, hi, I'm all color Sam, or hello, I'm all color Sam. The kids are like, oh. Okay, I don't really know what that means. So they start to ask it questions. And one of the things that they ask him is, um, are you really a man? And oh gosh, this is and weird. it like gives such a vague answer, you know? It says no. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
they ask, well, are you like a ghost? Because I guess maybe because it's like got white skin and stuff. And then it says like, and then it gives kind of like a vague reply and it says, well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. Right. What in the heck? And, okay. and it doesn't even get, it doesn't even stop there, dude. The last question basically that they ask is, well, what are you then? And this dang thing says, you know, what? Yeah, it's weird. So, so here, okay, I guess it's time we go into sort of theories. Um, you know, uh, here's one thing too, to say, um, before we go into this, I think it should be noted that apparently it lived in some sort of two story hut or like a shack in a wooded area close to the lake where they were at. The floors were metallic, but then all the furniture was like rough from what I guess, like sort of primitive furniture. So there's just all these weird things. You know, I mean, we think of, when we think of like futurism or, oh, what it's going to be like 20 years from now, um, we think of technology, you know, everything going to super sleek, super small, super, um, you know, just really like subtle and clean and all that. Whereas somebody 50 years ago looked at it and we're going to have space cars and we're going to have, you know, this is where I think all of the, sort of the wooden aspect of him. I mean, he had all these, like, antennas sticking out that were made of wood. He had, like, a wooden dial on top of his hat. I think my theory on this is it sort of goes along with, like, the interdimensional hypothesis where it's like an ultra-terrestrial, to quote Jacques Vallée, who's, like, a, you know, famous uh, extraterrestrial writer. He sort of coined that phrase in the 60s. But it's almost like we're... I think it's easy for people just getting into the paranormal to go to, oh, well, it's an alien and it, and it's come from like another planet from somewhere else and now it's here. Whereas mm-hmm. Jacques Vallée and the interdimensional hypothesis was, and and again, I think this is this is cool because he came up with this in the '60s, but you know now physicists of today are kind of basically sort of coming to the same, um, coming to the same place and saying that like. You know, maybe maybe the next dimension, you know, five feet to my right is where this thing lives. And maybe maybe sort of in, you know, like a it's sort of like a multiverse kind of thing. And mm-hmm. maybe in their reality or their, you know, history, they they didn't come upon, you know, metals or like blacksmithing until much later. So like wood was part of a thing and mm-hmm. so i think it's like an like an what's called an ultra terrestrial and i think mm-hmm. that either somehow it has the capability and maybe it knew how to sort of jump over to this reality or you know and you and i have talked at length about this what you know i sort of think that if you look at it like okay there's like a veil beside of us and so maybe because they're kids, they're able to see it. Because I think that was that was another thing. It's like you look at this, and it's like a two story shack that these kids sat in. They sit and they and it says they talk to them for like thirty minutes, but then they see two workers like walk right beside it, like they didn't even they weren't they they didn't even see it. So maybe was it because they were kids? You know, they say babies, and and you and I have sort of stories with this, but like you know, we both believe that kids are sort of able to see a little more, just like. Mm-hmm dogs and cats and stuff maybe and they people see people like that are uh like, like more sensitive bed or yeah um and so were these two workers um that were walking by were they just not able to see it or was sam the sandown clown was he just 
allowing just the two kids to see him. So it could be like a lot of things, but I really do think that I think that why that's why it it just cannot be defined as okay, either it's an extraterrestrial and it's like from space and it's from a UFO or it's like some sort of cryptid. It there's just too many weird things to sort of suggest that like either it's just from the future or it's some kind of being from our world. Like it just it's just so far beyond any sort of rational thinking. And and I think that's what makes it so brilliant. You know, I, I, I like to I like to look at things through I like to try to put myself in the place of these witnesses of these cases back then, you know, and if I was gonna make up a story and say, Yeah, then there's there was this crazy guy and he had this spacesuit on and he had this and this and this you know, you have to kind of view it in like nineteen seventy three and you know, I mean these kids are coming from a place where wood furniture and wallpaper would have been a normal thing. So, mm-hmm. th- so why would they have ever said that that was a normal thing? Or why would, why would they say, Oh, he kind of had these like raggedy clothes on. Um, and then he had wood antenna and, and a wood knob on the top mm-hmm. and this like primitive, like roughly like painted triangles for eyes. And like, it's just too weird. It, it like, it couldn't even, I, I just think in the cultural zeitgeist of 1973 if if somebody or if these kids were gonna make something up i just they would would elaborate it in in those areas i feel like yeah you know i mean like not in a million years would they have ever said oh and then he had wooden antenna yeah yeah and i mean he started eating a berry that he did this like weird like oh i love it conjuring trick thing he placed the berry in his ear Mm-hmm. thrust his head forward and caused the berry to disappear and then reappear. And so, you know, obviously a bunch of theories there, one being that he was um, just performing for the kids again to make them giggle or that he was possibly, um, you know, putting it through some sensors or, st- or something to make yeah. sure that it was good to eat. And here's something. Okay. So I like your theory. It's super interesting to me as well. Um, but I've got one that's a little different. Mm. Or just something to think about, okay? Yeah. So imagine this. Imagine that you're going to send an an intelligence to... Like another know, reality. Another, yeah, another reality or another planet or another time. Okay, okay. Okay, and so the, real, the, the, the largest piece of the technology is really the intelligence, okay? Mm-hmm. Are you following? Yep. Okay, so you send this intelligence that has the capability to use common items found wherever it lands or goes or appears mm-hmm. to build its body and communication devices and all of that. But you lost me because it has three-fingered clown gloves. Well, yeah, okay. Where's he going to find those pups? Well, maybe what I'm saying is like maybe... I know what you're saying. Maybe, yeah. okay, so it's like a simplified version of the body. So maybe they just have like... The arms, I don't know mm, why they have three mm-hmm. fingers. Maybe it's like that where they come from. Um, the arms, the legs or whatever, but all the other stuff, clothes, you know, maybe. I'm just saying maybe that can also partially explain that there's, you know, wood, that it's got furniture that doesn't seem futuristic. It seems like it's, you know, very um, untrend with right. the area that he's in mm-hmm. and that he's using this wooden shed and that he's eating berries. So, like, he's not just a mechanical figure. He's... There's some sort of like he can, he can, um, he's got to like you know, sustain himself. Yeah. He can use energy 
through organic material. It's not the flux capacitor necessarily, but um, <laughs> or Mr. Fusion, isn't that what he uses in Back to the Future too? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I don't know. I'm equally intrigued about it being some sort of interdimensional being, and or it being someone from another time or being from another planet. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like how the kids could see it, but the workers couldn't see it. I agree, man, that, that veil thing is definitely a possibility as a possible Mm -hmm. theory. Also, you know, hell man, I mean, maybe it's some sort of cloaking device. Yeah. I think so. Um, Well, well, and again, you know, something that I didn't think about, it had to be, it had to have some sort of intentionality because when the, their dad or when, you know, Faye's dad comes back, with the two kids, it's gone. And yeah. there, there were no marks even on the ground. It's just like, what? That, that, and, that, and that's, another th- that's another reason that I think sort of lends itself to the, you know, sort of the multiverse or the multidimensional kind of thing. But it is weird because it's like the berry thing. Mm-hmm. It is almost like a filter. And it even says, you know, it claimed to drink water uh, after cleaning it, which would lead you to believe that it's some sort of like biological organic yeah. type being of some sort. I mean, even that technology is fascinating. I mean, can you yeah. imagine if we were able to power like, uh, any kind of robotics with organic material? I mean, well, I guess we do like natural get, I mean, you know what I mean? Well, but I mean like by feeding a robot that you made a berry and right. giving it a cup of water. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And again, maybe that is the case, but in this, whatever reality this is from, that's, that's their version of a robot. Yeah. And you I know? mean, dude, the, 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 the three fingers and three toes thing. Cause you know, he takes off his gloves, he takes off his shoes, I guess, whenever they're in this little hut. Well, no, I don't and even think it had, it had bare feet anyway. Or maybe three, that's what three it was. Toes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. On his bare white feet, oh, so making weird. it like. I mean, making a hoax, like, man, it's not really likely. Like, how is somebody going to fake that, you know? Yeah. In my head, I I keep envisioning this thing as, like, wearing some sort of mask, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it because it says, like, crudely painted, you know, triangles for eyes, and then basically a yellow circle for a mouth uh, that didn't move whenever it talked. You know, when it took its hat off, it said it had, like, they almost explained it as having, like, receding you know, mm. straggly hair and like a balding head. So does that mean that it still was wearing this mask on its face and that was just like its head or dude, another scary thing weird. to think about too, man, is like it being not a robot at all. Mm-hmm. That's, that's equally terrifying. Right? Oh yeah. So in other words, like if you're, if you're imagining, if you're envisioning this in your head right now, listening to this and you're imagining sort of like a robot, you know, uh, so it's like this metallic creature with painted white hand and arms and three fingers and all this, but imagine mm-hmm. that's like flesh. Right. And so then you've got this like weird metallic helmet mask thing and then fleshy and just like this combination of, yeah. um, uh, well, and round organic ears and too. inorganic material. Yeah. The round ears. It's just, it's just super scary, man. And you know, it's really, really weird. Yeah. Why don't you explain a little about, the the dad because he has a really interesting some pretty interesting sort of story too so her dad um actually had like a couple of strange encounters a couple years prior before all this happened and he never told his daughter about this uh like one late evening he was driving from a town called shanklin essentially just imagine you know a coastal 
highway from one town to the next. So he's just like on the coast driving from one small town to the next to visit one of his friends. Well, he's like passing through this village, kind of became aware that this multi-lit aircraft to Mm. his right, about halfway between the road and this other area was just there. And, and, and he described it as looking just like huge and enormous. And it flew very low over this like swampy terrain. He stopped, which is also interesting about him and his daughter. Mm -hmm. He, I think, and I think though, I think we would all kind of do this. So he witnesses this giant craft Mm -hmm. flying really low over, they say swampy. I imagine sort of like a brackish sort of area, you know, and he stops his car gets out so he can kind of just watch it. And the object hovers apparently like aimlessly over these swampy margins of the river. And it says a wide ring of seven or more lights could be seen. Each of them large and clearly defined spherical shaped wow. like a bright red cherry. He says amazing and inters- interspersed with like a turquoise and white light and could not hear a single sound. Yep. In other words, which that's this classic. Is a- yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just like a craft, it's flying, it's low, it's hovering and there's no like jet engine. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, loud. I mean, dude, I'm kind of like in this path of military helicopters, mm-hmm. um, my house where I live. And I mean, my house shakes. Oh, when a helicopter goes above. Right. So mm-hmm. you just imagine this giant craft is not making any sound. And once he, gets back in his car and drives, keeps driving. And the object started basically flying parallel to his vehicle. Mm-hmm. So imagine how scary that Oh yeah. And then once he got outside of uh, a place called St. Helens, it cut across about 300 yards behind him and then dropped slowly. And um, it says meandering above distant hedges, now appearing smaller and smaller, <clears throat> sorry, smaller and smaller with the number of red lights reduced to only four, um, which kind of seemed to rotate very slowly. This time he stopped again. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time he he stopped, took out a flashlight, which the British called a torch. So oh, if yeah. you do read this article, you'll see it. It says, you know, used his torch to signal for like 10 minutes, it says, during which time the object weaved backwards and forwards without kind of settling in one spot. So So wait a minute. So it's... So you're saying he's driving, the thing is... Um, Following alongside him, essentially. Well, but then then it lowers? Yeah, so you're then saying? it... So basically, okay, it's following alongside of him. And then mm-hmm. once he hits this one town, it kind of like slows down, gets behind him, and kind of lowers down um, behind some hedges. Now, if Which anybody so listening weird. has ever been... In fact, we've got listeners in Ireland... I was there not this past summer, but the summer before. Drove through your beautiful, beautiful countryside. Uh, I will say that not only not just a few hours off after getting off the plane, driving to a, a town called Killarney, I actually ran that car right into a, a hedgerow um, and popped both tires. Uh, so that was awesome. Um, but anyhow, so that's kind of how I imagine it. I imagine this craft is kind of a ways away from him. It's kind of right alongside. And then as he comes closer to a town, it kind of slows down and gets behind like a hedgerow. Because mm-hmm. they're just all over the place over there and, and relatively tall and stuff. So it's kind of like just behind it. The lights are like doing something different. So he gets his flat. He gets out of the car again, 
uses his flashlight to try to see if maybe like he can signal to it. Nothing happens. It just kind of moves backwards and forwards a couple times, but doesn't really just like sit in one spot necessarily. And, and so he, he's, he's just seeing it through the hedgerow. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so then he gets back in his car and is just like, you know, I'm going to keep on going. When he reaches the place where he was going, he said that the red lights were still there and left his own rear lights on to face the object. Coming out of the house, his friend could see the thing also. and was playing what he called like a hide-and-seek between the treetops. Weird, yeah. Yeah, man. And so then he hops back in his car and is leaving to go back, and the lights were lost to view, and he didn't see him again. Mm. Boy, that is interesting. I mean, that just on its own is pretty bizarre. Well, it's bizarre, and what's crazy too, man, is on several occasions after this he would notice single balls of red light in the sky which would hang stationary or follow him along as though like checking on him or checking and recording his movements Mm. um but then a couple years later again relatively late at night it's between like 9 and 10 Mm -hmm. p.m he was perched on the long side the cliffside at compton bay having been driven there by an unexpected tidal surge seemingly caused in part at least by some sort of droning underwater craft. Mm, USO. From his vantage point, he observed two points of light, yellow and peering up at him like the eyes of some horrible sea monster. Wow. He guessed that the eyes were not much more than 40 feet away and mm-hmm. were just, which is interesting, by the way, that this is a British publication and they're using American units of measure. Hmm. Well... This whole fucking thing is a hoax. Uh, Anyway, he guessed that the eyes were not much more than 40 feet away and were just below the surface of the sea, like a sort of periscope. Mm. They disappeared, and as the tide gradually subsided, Mr. Y was able to get back to his car and drive home. I gotcha. So he's on his way home late at night. He has to stop the car because of a weird... um, Tidal surge, right? And that happens in some of these coastal towns. So in other words, the tide rises too high and it goes over the road so he oh, wouldn't be able to keep traveling so right. he stops mm-hmm. he looks to see like huh and he kind of notices that to him what appeared to be some sort of underwater craft had kind of like come up to that area and that had caused all of that water to kind of like rush across the road and these mm. bright yellow like you know lights were just like shining on him and then it just went away wow i mean that and so like after that he just you know, got back in the car and, and drove home. So imagine being this guy, you've had these weird experiences. You don't really tell anybody about it because again, you don't want your friends thinking you're a lunatic. You don't want to be put in an insane asylum or something. Which, I mean, I, I think it's worth noting, like in 1970s, you know, in the early seventies, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's why the, that's why we have like Bufora and MUFON and NICAP. That's why they have these organizations made for, for people a place where they can go and like report these things because you know basically other than those things like you know they couldn't tell somebody at work they couldn't tell you know because i mean you could lose your job you know rumor spread i mean you sort of get blacklisted through you know in your neighborhood it's like oh this this dude's crazy he says that he saw this and you know or he's a liar or so I, I imagine, you know, when you when you first said that he had sort of issues is like uh, he's kind of scared to tell anybody. Mm-hmm.
Well, my power just went out, but you know, we're going to keep on going. We're going to figure this out. Luckily, I've got a little bit of battery life left on this uh, computer, and we'll just rock on until it uh, until it dies, friend. Nice. I mean, you know, that I, I don't think they want us to keep talking about this. That's true. Did Was it Sam the Sandown Clown that just shut the power off? I mean, dude, that was very weird. Men in Black. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, man. Anyway, I think you were talking about how that's the reason why these publications existed in the first place. I think where you were going with that oh, yeah, yeah. was essentially, look, man, if something weird happens to you, mm-hmm. you know, you probably don't want to tell a lot of people because people are going to think you're crazy, especially if it's something like this extreme. And, and in the 70s. A lot of people, the, you know, typical, just normal, everyday person, doesn't really, if mm-hmm. something bizarre happens to them, I think in a lot of ways they're afraid to tell people well, and, and he was probably, you know, looking out for his family and his kids sure. because not only is he probably going to lose his job and be, you know, listed as a lunatic mm-hmm. and like, oh, he's crazy or he's a con man and he's lying. Yeah. That rumor goes around and, you know, basically it, uh, you know, y- your kids are blacklisted yeah. as well. That affects the whole family for sure. And then mm-hmm. so imagine, OK, so this guy has these experiences, doesn't really tell anybody. And then three years later, um, after playing a round of golf, your daughter runs up to you and says, hey, this just happened. I mean, Mm. you're kind of like, holy cow, are these the people that have been following me around this whole time? Well, and this, I'm glad you said that because there's a thing called abductee phenomenon, which is where, uh, you know, people say that they've been abducted or, uh, you know, they were visited by what they believe as aliens and greys and all this stuff. But, you know, that is something that's pretty common in abductee ph- phenomenon is, and this, honestly, it's probably one of the scarier parts of the phenomenon is that, you know, it kind of follows families. So, you know, if I was abducted, if I had a history of, of being abducted or seeing aliens or seeing uh, these beings or probed or Know, whatever you want to you know there's a real strong chance that uh you know maybe not now maybe not tomorrow maybe not years from now but maybe 20 years from now you know my daughters are more than likely going to see the same thing which is really pretty scary but it also kind of opens it up to the concept that maybe that's how Faye uh was able to see this thing maybe this was just another way of quote unquote them checking up on this family oh man there's just so much i mean like if you think about it in terms of it being a a a time traveler what if Mm -hmm. the lineage of those folks and you know they remained anonymous in this um in this article but what what if the lineage of these people have some sort of significance you know hundreds of years exactly and uh Jeez, man. I mean, it's just it's just crazy, right? I mean, so imagine if, yeah. if you were building a time machine and where would you go and who would you try to see? And like, I would say, mm-hmm. I would argue that one of the most popular answers is, well, man, I would kind of like go back and try to and try to see like and witness one of the miracles if you say lincoln no I'm dude, gonna, like witness one of the miracles that's the most common no, dude no way that's the most common i think it's it is the common. i think the most common is like i want to go back and see if like the miracles of christ and stuff like really happened oh, or yeah. how like i want to be mm-hmm. there in the crowd kind of thing so that i can be like oh shoot man it did happen you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. um you know i mean just even imagining that or go back and and meet and and see and witness like your ancestors from 
hundreds of years ago and all this kind of stuff. Right. And it's just super fascinating. What? Go ahead. Well, also, I mean, how does, uh, how do these conversations usually end, Woody? With us saying what? Man, that would be rad. <laughs> I mean, that's how we exactly. came up with the with the name of the podcast, you know, uh, because that yeah, would be exactly. rad to be able to do that kind of stuff, you know, and and so it's fun to even just talk about those those topics and topics like this, for example, and you know, I love that we have different theories, you know, and and that we're not just sitting here arguing about it. It's just fun. It's just like we've said a million times. It's fun to think about. It's fun to talk about. And I hope for everybody listening, it's fun to. Uh, listen about L- listen here here <laughs> fun to hear about but that sounds weird fun to hear about it does sound weird that sounds well, like something okay, samson so, uh, clown would say sit it down does. have fun to hear about <laughs> would uh okay so final sort of synopsis what is uh w- what do you think it is i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to my guns here and i'm gonna say i think it's some sort of creature slash technology sent from mm-hmm. Another, oh God, man, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because it could be, it's, it's like equal to me, it's equally plausible for it to be from another dimension, another planet, or the future. Mm-hmm. And one of those three, it's something. Do I think it's a hoax? No. I don't either. Skeptics always complain that it's just like there's an easy way for them to explain the possibility that it exists. Well, I think the Which reverse ultimately is, tr- is just kind of Well, the reverse is true to- too, man. Like I think it's an easy way to explain away that it doesn't exist, right? And so if you approach right. these situations with an open mind and remember that like at the end of the day, who are we hurting about it? You know, like you're not hurting yeah. anything by just kind of being open-minded to the possibility that crazy things exist, crazy things happen, miraculously miraculous things happen i don't know there's just too many as as i've started to read more about this stuff and get into it there's just too much man and i'm not just talking about you know just there's too much um i don't know it's hard to explain man because i mean the problem with all of everything is are the people that you know plant hoaxes and stuff like that they ruin it for everybody right yeah but i mean i feel like that's such a small percentage i mean uh you know we're from north georgia which up in uh is it dawsonville which is like probably 30 minutes from us both you know that's where those weird sheriff deputies filled a suit full of like possum meat and said they had a big a, the body of bigfoot in their freezer <laughs> So like it does happen, you know, but but there's just too many things and there's too many elements in the story for a seven year old looking at a seven year old through the cultural lens of 1973 in rural, you know, Britain. It just it's just too far beyond the realm of possibility. And there's just too many details, man. Like I'll give you an example. Okay, Um, so our oldest very intelligent, like second grader reading at like a sixth and seventh grade level, you know, super smart bragger. No, super smart. Like, <laughs> um, then you ask him like, I'll say, well, what did you do in Mr. So-and-so's class? And he's like, I, mean, I don't know. I don't remember, you know, oh, it's, dude, my, and, and Amelia's the exact and so, Cause like one of our nightly at the dinner table traditions is to everybody gets to talk about their day. We start with the youngest and go yeah. all the way up to the oldest, which is me. Hello. Uh, and 50, 50, 40. Okay. 40, 40 and proud four zero. Um, 
And, uh, man, you've only got a couple months, man. Well, I'm getting there. Like 10. No like way, 10 man. Months. I got a whole other year. Well, yeah. 10 months is not a whole year, but we can argue about that later. Anyway, that's our tradition. Every parent listening to this can relate. It's like, all I want to do is hear about your day. I'm giving you the chance to learn exactly. about your day. And then and it's like, oh, well, Jane's response is, I'm like, Jane, how was your day at school today? No, what did you do in school today? Good. I'm like, that's... <laughs> yeah. That's not, and then I'm like, son, how was your day? Or what did you learn in Mr. XYZ's class? I don't remember. And I'm like, here, or, or your, it sounds like your kids are in the background. Yeah, oh yeah, they're here. Why don't you, why don't you ask them and let's, let's put this to the test. Hey, Woodrow, yeah. can you come here for a second? Yeah. Uh, I'm recording just FYI. Yeah, the power's out. Um, what did you, uh, what did you do in class today? That's the perfect answer. That's it. Thank you. Love you guys. I'll come downstairs later, but be quiet. Be quiet up here, okay? Close the door behind you. Love you. Be careful to going down the stairs with the flashlight. Do you understand what I'm saying, man? Exactly. Dude, it's like the... Yeah, exactly the same for me. And and you continue to like pry and pry and pry. Like uh, I, yesterday, actually, Amelia came home and, you know, she's in kindergarten and um, also very, very, very advanced for her mm-hmm. age. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, I'm like, how was your day today? Good. Awesome. What did you do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, come on. And, but then, you know, an hour later she's like, yeah, I, I know how to read 26 sight words right, now. Right. And it's like, what? And like, can remember that, to like spell huge. things. And, all this. and so I said yeah. all of that to come back around to say that like took the long way, I took the long way home to say that mm-hmm. essentially there's a lot of detail in this story. Well, uh, and a couple things that I think is interesting that that seems like okay, well, you know, for the folks out there that are saying, "Oh, well, it was just a guy, you know, dressed in a weird suit." And okay, well, for you know, 1973, if he's going to be dressed in a suit, why is he going to be barefoot and you know, have three toes and then why is he going to have three fingers and blue gloves that have three fingers, yeah. you know, but then when he steps in his little shack, he takes the gloves off. Uh, he also takes his hat off to reveal a scalp and like thinning bald head and ears. Um, there's just things about it that just, I mean, unless this little girl or the dad literally like beautiful mind level geniuses who are able to think super abstract it just doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of noise going on. Yeah, no, hold on. Jane, 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 Jane. <laughs> What's the problem, babe? Hey, babe. She, she's in here with me. Y'all go downstairs like I told you to. Okay, Jane? No more fussing. Hey, hey, I need somebody to close the door. You can't just leave the office with a wide open door here. This is now the third time that I've told you. I appreciate you following directions. <laughs> I tell all my single and newly married friends, I mean, don't get me wrong, and you and I agree on this. We love our kids so much. They're the, the apple of our eyes, and we wouldn't change anything. Not even a thing. But, it, but at the same time, I tell every one of my friends, do not have kids. Oh, God, I don't tell them. For a while. Yes, yes, No, no, yes. no for enjoy, a while. Enjoy your spouse for a while. Give it time, because you will not have 
Any privacy. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, man. I mean, hey, hey, man. You want to go to the bathroom? Oh, it ain't happening. Guess what's going to happen the second that you go to the bathroom? Now, the kids, you can't even find them. If you needed to find <laughs> exactly. them, if this was an emergency, if Sam the Sandown <laughs> Clown was trying to break through your window and you knew, I got to mm-hmm. get my wife and kids out of here, you could find your wife. Who knows where the kids are? But the second that you go to the bathroom, that door is going to get a knock on it. Doom, 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 doom. Dad, oh, yeah. dad, dad, dad. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, yeah. No. Dude, I, I've, st- I've, I've started carrying around like a little, which I don't even know where it came from, like a little block of wood that if I go to the restroom, I'm going to lock the door, but because they can unlock the door now, oh God, yeah. uh, I also put the doorstop under the door just because I know that, I mean, eventually they're even going to figure hey, that bro, out. I escaped, but, I escaped to the guest bathroom uh, downstairs in the, uh, you know, in our basement. I just, oh, I just yeah, quietly, sneakily get down there and then leave the lights off. just when I think they will never forget, I mean, figure it out. I hear like weird banging and stuff going on in our little like gym room. And I'm like, hmm, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and I go in there, and they're like on top of the treadmill. Woodrow's like oh, on yeah. the like elliptical machine, just being like on just one of the <laughs> one of the foot areas, just swinging around. Just wow, wow, wow. I'm like, hey guys, <laughs> this stuff is dangerous. Um, probably not gonna make the cut. <laughs> probably not gonna make the cut. So you believe that it's from another planet? Well, another I don't know, time? dude. I can't. I, I know, like, you want a, a definitive answer? I can't give one. I, I mean, I can't either. I, I'm almost 100% positive that it's some sort of multi-dimension thing. Yeah, and let's simplify it. Uh, do you believe that it really happened or it was a hoax? I 100% believe it happened. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to look down on that as like, oh, well, they'll believe, they're true believers. They'll believe anything. But there's just too many things. Well, and as they get to listen, that, they'll know, I don't believe in everything can't wait until we talk about the mandela effect oh the mandela effect is one now the mandela <laughs> effect is 100 percent. i believe every bit of it mm-hmm. every bit of it i think we've uh i think we freaked people out with this one i hope i hope that uh, it was a nice uh inaugural episode yeah. for the first annual october spooktacular and mm-hmm. um i hope you know, everybody listening, I hope you're getting into the mood, starting to watch scary movies and reading spooky books and just getting ready for this Halloween. Yeah, man, we already got a, we already have decorations out. Um, my wife, Courtney is a little hesitant still about putting them on the outside. Um, well, just, just because, because it's I still have. September. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> when we're recording this, partially. it's still September. When people listen to it, it'll yeah. be October, but yeah, yeah. Or what are you? Are you the kind of like Halloween fan that just you know you've got like these sweet little kids, and then you're like, yeah, cool, man, we've got Halloween decorations. You guys come on by, you love it, and it's just like like real super realistic gory bodies. Like no, in the no, yard. no. Well, no. I mean, the funny thing is, is as much as you know, both of us love mm-hmm. like like horror and that kind of thing. I mean, once you have kids, it's kind of hard. To, yeah, man. And, um, and which, but I don't know. I was just gonna say like. Go. Hey, bud. Okay, oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I yeah, it's always been a genre that like I love in a way, but like you said, with kids and stuff, I mean, heck, dude, I won't even let. I mean, it's going to be. I think this year might be the year that I let Woodrow watch Gremlins for the first time. Ooh. Um, but even then, I feel good. But he, but here's a here's a question though: Do you let him watch it at, around Halloween, or do you oh, let yeah. him watch no, no, it no. around Christmas? Oh man, see. 
Well, what kind of what can you know? What kind of scary mm. can they watch close to Halloween? I mean, easy. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> uh, okay, look, seriously, we could go on and on. We're going to talk about all this stuff next week, the week after that, the week after that, and mm-hmm. maybe even that same week. We might even throw a bonus episode in this month. Who knows? But oh, yeah. as always, I just I, I, I want to take the time to say thank you to every single person that listens to this podcast. It, it, I mean, it really does. When I say it means the world to us, I 100%. I mean that with all sincerity. We talk, you and I talk about this all the time, and the fact that people will actually take time out of their day to turn mm-hmm. on this show, listen to us talk about stuff, and sometimes ramble and um, a lot of rambling, and sometimes make fun of each other, and um, mm-hmm. you know, it just it's just really awesome. And so we we just really really love every single one of you and appreciate it so far and continue to send us messages and interact with us on Instagram. I mean, truthfully, as far as, uh, responsiveness, that's probably the best place to, to reach us. Well, and, and another thing that, uh, we've kind of gone back and forth and we're not going to make a big deal out of it, but if you do have a spooky story, if you have seen a UFO, if you've been chased by a serial killer, if you've, uh, seen, uh, Bigfoot scat, you know, shoot us an email or, uh, put it on, like your voice recorder on your phone and shoot that email to that would be radpod at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe we'll play it. Maybe not. But well, uh, let me let him in on a little just, secret. Just roll the let dice. Let him in on a little secret. We may or may not have mm-hmm. a few listeners that have already sent us some of their spooky encounters. So right. what I'm trying to say is, without giving too much away, if you have something even just slightly scary. You know, my wife's got a great one actually. And she's like, well, I mean, it wasn't really a ghost, but like her situation was scary as heck. Pretty scary. And so if you've had any kind of cool little spooky thing happen to you, man, we would love to feature it on a show. Maybe this time around during the spooktacular, maybe not. I'm not going to give too much away, but you know, we would love for you to be a part of our show. It's just a really cool way for us to get to know you a little bit better and hear the crazy stuff that's happened to you, the rad strangeness that's happened to you. Absolutely. Man, I'm glad I came up with that. Uh, yeah, that's a keeper. That's definitely a keeper, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. Well, my computer's we about to rambling. die. Yeah, my, we're rambling. <laughs> my computer's about to die uh, because my power went out. I've got kids fussing with flashlights, um, uh, which is kind of cool, man. You remember being a little kid, having to walk around the house right. with flashlights is awesome. All right, but anyway... Again, thank you so much for listening. Until next week, and as always, be rad. That's the way.